Hi there, and welcome to the Becoming Fearless podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Lawrence. I'm a certified coach with a master's degree in organizational psychology and over a decade of experience coaching and developing career women like you. This is the podcast where we have a little fun and you learn how to grow in your career and skyrocket your belief of what is possible. Let me guide you to becoming fearless so you can truly have it all. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to have you here for this week's episode. After this last week and the stress of the election, I'm sure you're happy to get back to your routine. I had many sleepless nights for sure. So prior to my coaching practice, I was a leader of talent and development in the pharmaceutical biotechnology industry. And as part of this role, I developed people managers, led our inclusion strategy, was a performance coach, and really owned all things people development. And in 2018, I earned a master's in organizational psychology, and my thesis work studied employee engagement, psychological safety in employees, and how leaders could create high performers during times of change. What is the type of environment necessary for employees like yourself to be the most engaged and perform at the highest level? I studied 30 years of research in trust, psychological safety, engagement, leadership, organizational change. And now this was applicable to my leadership role in corporate, but it's also very relevant to my coaching practice. I work with a lot of people managers or aspiring people managers. So you could say that I'm really passionate about helping women achieve their goals and see what is possible for them. And I am really excited because today I am going to share some of the research that I studied and the six-step model I created when I was in graduate school. You're going to be able to use this information to know how to navigate change and more importantly, why these efforts don't work and often leave you frustrated so that you can make the improvements or spark a conversation with your manager. And if you're a manager, you're going to learn how to foster the environment needed to have a high-performing team, create engaged employees who aren't looking around the corner for the next best opportunity. And I am going to tell you the one leadership behavior organizations need to instill in their employees to help you be as successful as an employee or as a manager. It's really exciting stuff. You're not going to hear this in this way anywhere else because this is all of this. It's the conclusion of all of the research that I did in graduate school. And I had to come up with something that wasn't published anywhere else. So it's worth noting that a requirement for my research on this is that it's not only peer-reviewed by an organizational psychologist at the doctorate level, but that the content includes new insights and advice for leaders that is not published anywhere else. So you are in for a treat, and I am so excited to share this with you. So let's dig right in. When I worked in pharma biotech, we were under constant change, whether it be cultural initiatives, restructuring of departments, new products or pipeline adjustments. It was the one thing you can count on. And this is true of many organizations. Most organizations are in a constant state of change and turbulence because they're trying to adapt to increasing competition. Everyone wants to be the preferred supplier for whatever product or service they're providing. It makes sense 
right? Or when you have new leaders come in, this was also really common when you have a new senior leader taking over a department, moving into the company, you are going to have a unique set of experience and insight there. And a lot of times those leaders want to restructure because of their experience at other companies or just what they think will make the most sense to get the most out of their employees and to get the most productivity from their department. But what companies fail to consider is really the impact that change has on people and on their employees. The managers or leaders that make these decisions don't always do the best job of really understanding how the change will impact employees, but also aren't informed of the psychology behind change. And that you can't just logic your way into things, right? Psychology is something that's not really present in a lot of organizations. There's not a lot of organizational psychologists um, in organizations. I was one, and so obviously I could bring that expertise into my role, but it's not super commonplace. And a lot of the senior leaders that are sitting at the executive level making decisions don't... Um, I don't know that it's that they don't value that perspective, but it's uh, not commonplace to have that perspective heard at that level. But to successfully navigate a complex and dynamic market, organizations have to be proactive about managing change at a process level, but also a human level. And as an employee listening to this, you know this is true, right? It just seems like common sense, but it's just not applied. (laughs) Um, And I think it's not unintentionally implied. It's just not at the forefront of the conversation. It's not an expertise that a lot of leaders have. It's not typically part of an MBA or business program. For, for, so for organizations to survive, they need to address the whole organization and not just make changes at the structural level or strategy or concept level, but they need to be inclusive of the employee population, their perceptions and their needs, right? So this is an area that a lot of companies are really lacking in. Even the most skilled change management gurus focused on more communication plans and Gantt charts and than the human element of change. So they're more concerned about the tactical and getting really good about communication, but not really understanding the depth into which, as employees, we're all impacted by these decisions. So I'm sure you've experienced this at least once, if not regularly. So according to the Journal of Management and Change, understanding the behaviors and the psychology behind how people respond to change can enable organizations to minimize the negative impact to the person and the organization. But this goes deeper than the typical change management many leaders are educated on. We can agree that leaders are a critical element to your success and your performance at work. Anyone who has had an awful boss or an amazing boss can attest to that, right? Even the highest of achievers struggle when their boss isn't really up to par. So I'm going to provide some guidance for leaders too, so that you can understand how to prevent performance issues when going through change. When we talk about change management, we often hear a connection to employee engagement. How engaged are employees as we go through this change, right? You might hear this in town halls, um, in meetings with your manager, 
or just kind of at the strategy level when uh, leaders talk about change. They say, you know, we want you to be engaged. We want you to speak up, right? And most companies will measure this by culture surveys, attrition or turnover, feedback provided. But why is this important? It is well established that organizations benefit from an engaged workforce by improved performance, commitment, dedication to organizational values and behaviors, reduced safety incidents, and improved gains in profitability and customer satisfaction. Sounds good, right? Makes sense. So leaders know that they want employees to be engaged because employees are the heart of the organization. They are doing the work. They're helping to make the profits and they're keeping the organization in business. Now, how companies measure this can be skewed because the types of questions employers use aren't always connected to engagement from a psychology perspective. With questions like, would you recommend this as a great place to work? Or, you know, something like that, you don't really get to the heart of what engagement really is. When an employee is fully engaged, they are taking a risk, right? So when you think about when you are fully engaged, how do you behave? You act with authenticity, you speak up, despite the potential for negative consequences. What is interesting here is in order for employees to be engaged by this definition, they have to feel psychologically safe. This is a term you may have heard before. Um, It's becoming more popular. It is the foundation of Amy Edmondson's work. She's a Harvard Business School professor and a researcher and personally someone that I look up to and that I studied a lot when writing my thesis. And I had um, a wonderful opportunity to meet her in person. There was a conference in Washington, D.C. She was going to be on a panel. And so I had to go and I sat in the front row. I got there early and I just was in awe. And afterwards, I was like, I have to see you and (laughs) I have to meet you in person. And I awkwardly got the courage to ask her to take a photo with me can find it, you know, from, I think it was a year or two ago on LinkedIn, I posted it. Um, So I was so pleased uh, just because of all of the groundbreaking work she's done around psychological safety uh, for individuals and for teams. But a simple definition of psychological safety is that it is a belief that you will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. Are you with me? Organizations want engaged employees, but don't all understand that in order for you to be engaged, you need to feel psychologically safe. Once you're psychologically safe, you are engaged, which leads to high performance, commitment, dedication, loyalty to the company, and the organization gets that return. Once you're engaged, you'll speak up, which is what is necessary to effectively manage change and be successful with change. You're needed to speak up to improve processes, report issues, etc. Right? So that's why you're hearing a little bit more about that in the workplace. And there are more articles um, and things just kind of being shared around psychological safety, but there's not a whole lot of understanding, which I'm hoping to provide to you in this episode around how it all fits together. Leaders are disconnected from how this all works. 
and how each one kind of builds on the other. And so you end up with disengaged employees and well-intended cultural initiatives on engagement, speaking up, etc. But not see, they're not seeing that they all build on each other. They're being implemented and communicated and shared in silos, right? So I hope this is starting to connect for you so that you can see your organization differently and better understand what you need to achieve your career goals. But also if you're a leader that you'll be able to better manage change and employees so that it is a win-win all around. You have to see how the engagement, the trust, the inclusion, the psychological safety, the high performance, how they all work together, how they're all part of the same puzzle. Now let's get deeper on psychological safety. I established so far psychological safety is needed for engagement and comfort for employees to speak up authentically and without fear. Psychological safety creates a culture of individuals, such as yourself, who feel connected to their work, to their teams, feel loyalty to their organization, and therefore feel invested in its success. The organization's investment in the employee relationship is what enables employees to speak up. The critical skill needed for change to be effective, to have a culture of continuous improvement, reduce errors, and lead to high performance. Wow. Let that sink in. In my corporate experience, I focused heavily on how to improve the relationships between employees, but most importantly, between the leader and the employees, because this is what is critical. To build and sustain psychological safety, the employee must have a sense of trust, right? Feeling enough trust to rely on team members that your manager has your best interests and that you can succeed and feel fail without negative consequences. So here is where the research gets really interesting. So trust is needed for psychological safety. And what I concluded from my research over the past 30 years on these topics is that inclusion is the first step in trust. The analysis of the literature supports that leaders can create trust through inclusive behaviors. Leader inclusive behaviors is where the path to high performance begins. So you see it's all connected. I created a model in my thesis that shows the progression from inclusion to ultimately an increase in performance through developing trust, psychological safety, engagement, and speaking up, creating a culture where employees can speak up. But it all starts with inclusion. You can't have trust, psychological safety, and employee engagement, speaking up behavior, or high performance without inclusion. So what is inclusion? What does that mean? Inclusion can be defined as a culture where all employees in the organization, regardless of background, mindset, position, that they work effectively together to accomplish the organization's objectives. So if you have inclusion at work, you can look around and say all of the employees here, regardless of what they look like, who they are, what role they have, we all work together towards the same objectives. So think about this as an employee. Think about the various culture initiatives your company initiates. Think about what you think when your leader asks you to speak up or tries to measure your engagement. Think about how performance is measured at your company. Companies want you to be a high performer and deliver at the highest level. 
you, I'm guessing, also want to be a high performer and believe that you are. So what this research tells you is that there is a reason you feel challenged or struggle. There is a reason people don't speak up. There is a reason some of these well-intended cultural initiatives fall flat. They aren't working together. Companies will have inclusion strategies that include speaking up, but think about the model I created based on the research. Inclusion is first. Speaking up is last, right before high performance is realized. You need trust, psychological safety, and engagement in the middle. It's like reading the first and last chapter of a book and skipping the middle where you get to know the characters and the plot and the detail that you need in order to understand how the story played out and how to get from A to B. A lot of companies just skip that. And I know that it's true not only from my experience, but just from the people that I coach, um, from the people that I've that I've mentored. They have the same challenges and their companies are working on similar things. So you can't skip these parts. Your company likely has this out of order and is more jumping from inclusion to speaking up to engagement, but that isn't how our brains work. That isn't what the decades of scientific research prove. Leaders scratch their heads and wonder why there isn't higher engagement, and I can tell you from my experience in corporate and as a coach, employees are frustrated too. So what can be done? You can use this information and the model that I created in your organization so that your cultural initiatives can be more effective. What is really cool is that leadership behaviors can definitely foster a culture of inclusion and create the trust necessary. The relationship the employee has with their manager heavily influences the employee readiness for change and commitment to performance. Higher level leaders in the organization also influence the employee's readiness and commitment to the change effort. I'm sure you've had the experience of a charismatic, inspirational leader that you can tell cares about you and one that leads more with the stick and punitive consequences. So there are two leadership styles that I suggest when trying to build this culture of high performance and navigate change successfully, and they are transformational and servant leadership. Transformational and servant leadership empowers the employee, focuses on employee development, support, coaching, and communication. These leadership behaviors promote a sense of inclusion, which mediates trust and leads to psychological safety and ultimately high performance. An organization with a high presence of servant leaders may have the foundation to stop performance disruptions in times of change. To be more efficient and higher, have higher productivity, higher performance, and happier staff. Do you think you have a lot of servant leaders in your organization? Are you a servant leader? Many development programs at work allow managers to choose what style they prefer. And that style is based on that individual manager's preference, personality, experience. And some are more effective than others. We all know this. Some take people management really seriously and some don't. What I encourage is that you talk to your manager about the style of leadership that works well for you. Transformational leadership is strongly supported to effectively navigate employees through times of organizational change. Transformational leadership behaviors are consistent with servant leadership, but they're focused more on vision and change and can be temporary. So a transformational leader will increase communication, support, and relational commonalities during times of change. 
And this will elicit a feeling of inclusion and trust in employees, which will then help create high performance during this time of change. The difference in transformational and servant leadership is servant is how leaders behave kind of business as usual. So they're very similar. Um, transformational leadership is like a break the glass moment. where So you initiate it when you're undergoing change and it focuses on creating a vision for your employees and helping them see the need for the change. Um, building kind of that cohesiveness and that connection between all of the staff, increasing communication and support. And so um, they're very similar. It's just the transformational leadership is, it's kind of like a tool that you would bring out if you're going through change. A feeling of psychological safety can be tested during times of change. And therefore, I suggest that leaders adjust their servant style to this transformational leadership style during the change management process. It will provide the reassurance and support necessary to reinforce the behaviors that are needed for a successful plan to change. Now, these leadership styles are inclusive, they're collaborative, and they are supportive. They can be foundational of building the behavior of being inclusive, which is the one behavior you need as a leader, regardless of title. Because like I said, if we go back to that model that I created, we start with inclusion. Inclusion creates trust. Trust creates psychological safety. Psychological safety creates employee engagement, which leads to employees speaking up which ultimately leads to high performance, the highest optimal performance that you can have. So I hope that you are following along. This is a lot of information. So there are a lot of resources online and books on these styles, servant and transformational leadership that you can pick up if you want to learn more. That would be a whole another episode to dig into those leadership behaviors um, at a more detailed level. So change is going to happen it's necessary, right? It's unrealistic to expect that changes won't occur. And when they occur, people react without intention and their responses can be unpredictable. It's why typical change management doesn't work, right? You can't Gantt chart and put people into cogs and expect them to react a certain way every time. Typical change management doesn't address the human element, the psychology of change. So when you're confronted with change, there's a sense of loss and grief. There's a disruption to what you knew was true. You're going to have some thoughts and feelings about that. And leaders and organizations, they need to understand that. That even if you think the change is a great idea, it's still a loss of what you knew to be true. And so you're going to have a reaction to that. And some are going to react differently than others. So leaders should be intentional in their change management approach. It's not like dominoes where a manager decides what the organizational change will be and the employees perfectly fall in line and you can plan it all out. You can plan out the change process, but the human element needs a lot of attention. And there's one thing I want to add here. The lens that employees use to see the organization can change right? It's important to recognize that a state of inclusion, a feeling of trust, psychological safety and engagement, they're not stagnant and you can't take them for granted. I'm sure you've had times in your career with your same company or even this year alone where your engagement, trust, or sense of inclusion shifted. 
right? It can, it can change with, um, company goals. It can change with what's going on in personal lives. It can change with a, with a shift in management. So there isn't an end point. There isn't a, once we achieve a certain percentage on a survey or have a successful change initiative, the work is done. Leaders cannot implement a series of steps to create these feelings and expect they will not change over time. An employee is a human, right? We are all human and our emotions and our state of mind is fluid. The personal and professional experiences that we have can influence our feelings and connection to work. Therefore, it is important that reaction to change be proactively monitored throughout the change process, right? So that means that you monitor this change and you check in with employees and with your team members throughout the process, Right? And you be open to what the reactions are and you create that environment where employees have that trust in their leaders, that they feel psychologically safe, that they're able to speak up so that if there is something that's wrong, if there is something that needs to be changed, that you all are comfortable in sharing that without fear of being um, criticized or some sort of negative consequence. And those negative consequences, I feel like managers sometimes... Um, think that we're referring to like being fired or an HR issue. And it's, it's really more the unspoken negative consequence of how will I be seen, right? All to all of us status is important, like how we're seen by others. And we all want to be seen in a positive light. And we all have assumptions and ideas about what type of person gets promoted, what type of person becomes a leader, and you watch those around you to get those cues. And so that's another way that employees will look at whether or not something will have a negative consequence if they speak up based on, do the leaders around me speak up? Have I seen someone get promoted that kind of goes against the grain, right? So it's those little unspoken kind of cultural stories that really make up the bulk of what um, helps people feel comfortable to speak up. So a key learning here is when an organization is attempting to either be proactive in sustaining high performance or reacting to a negative dip in performance, that you should start with inclusion. My conclusion from the research is leader inclusiveness is the pathway to a high-performing organization. If you focus your efforts on inclusive leadership, which servant leadership is the heart of, you will be more successful as a leader and so will your employees. So it's important to remember that that leader inclusiveness is not coming at the end, that is not connected to speaking up. You don't start with inclusion and then get high performance. You have to take the steps from inclusion to trust, psychological safety, engagement, then speaking up, then high performance. They all work together. All right, friends, that is all for today's episode. This one was jam-packed. If you want to learn more about this topic or discuss how coaching can help you achieve your goals, regardless of your environment or culture, I invite you to apply for coaching. We start with a complimentary call to discuss your goals and determine if coaching is a good fit. So you can apply at www.melissamlawrence.com. You can also inquire about any support that your company might need on these topics. I will put a link in the show notes. Have a great week. 